The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. You play Thursday because you're... Hello and welcome to a Water Night, part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network, talking everything Tottenham Hotspur, where, unfortunately, Sean Walsh, here with Jude Summerfield, to talk about Tottenham Hotspur exactly. Mm. It's not great, is it, mate? It's not. Um, we're not We're not on the up, and I worry about bounce-back ability. So, um, yeah, recent events have not been terrific. Uh, I feel like my soul is drained. But it's been a long season. Um and there's plenty to get into, you know. Your so- your soul is strained. Your ankle is busted. It is your ankle. Right? That's why you're not in the office today. I'm here on my own in this echoey kitchen dining room. Yeah, it's not amazing. Um, yeah, I just went over it in, on it in a really ridiculous way, managing to miscontrol a football and instead just plant my foot the wrong side of it and just completely balloon off it. So, not amazing, but you know about the the poison grace of a of a certain Hoybier in midfield, I suppose, from what I saw. On I was Sunday, gonna say so. you remind me of some players that I know actually. Yeah. Clogger FC. It was terrible. Um it, it is but bad. yeah. You know, rough weekend. But you yeah. know, we 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 move, I suppose. <laughs> but, well you don't really, but No, no, I don't. I have to stay with my you father. Don't, you know, figuratively. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. I think we have to start with Newcastle. I, even like the tone of my voice, uh, I can't. Do we have shit, to? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I don't have to. I didn't watch the game actually. So yeah, probably the right big, call. Big win honest. for me. Yeah, I was at the London Marathon instead supporting a friend. But every time I check my phone, it was like two extra goals had gone in. And now I got the mm-hmm. alert saying Newcastle scored after one minute. Okay, I expect nothing left to Spurs. Yeah. Ten minutes gone, it's three 0 Like. Uh, 20 minutes gone it's five and it's like this isn't some error they haven't accidentally sent me the emergency alert an hour early no. <laughs> okay cool yeah Um. so I haven't actually or, watched the uh, match in this entirety you're part of the but problem seen... though right <laughs> that means you're part of the problem if you didn't even watch it part of the problem I've seen yeah exactly you know <laughs> did you see someone on Twitter this week blaming the season ticket holders just like I don't know, they're lining the pockets of the club or whatever. It's just like, what do you want to... Yeah, it's their fault. You know, you're really directing the anger in the right place. Yeah, it's just... Everyone's losing their mind a little bit. Um, I think the thing I want to start with Newcastle is that 
this clearly, having watched the highlights, looked like a late decision from Christian Stellini to play a four at the back. I think that they spent very little time working on this. It looked that way, uh, I have to say. <laughs> the aggressive nodding got it for me. <laughs> It, uh, it didn't. It didn't look solid. No, um, yeah. Uh, Pe- Pedro Porro is having a bit of stinker at the moment as a as a wing back anyway, and him and Perisic weren't looking too comfortable, especially in that opening ten minutes where three goals were scored. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, it, it stunk of just mismanagement and like no clear thinking whatsoever. So it has to have been a a late a late call. To have tried to play that, to to have tried to uh, get on the front foot in some capacity, but whether it was really the game for it against a team that's just so um, organized, we can talk about like how good Newcastle are and all that sort of stuff, but they're organized to a T at the at the bare minimum. Spurs weren't really at all, and it was a very easy matchup for Newcastle. Um, Especially like having two centre backs who can't really play in a back two as well. So th- there were there were a lot of sort of weird selections that went on in that game, and it all it all contributed to a, a rather sorry opening ten minutes where nobody really wanted to head the ball or kick the ball or like put a challenge in midfield or anything. Mm. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Like I think after after about ten minutes, I I just walked downstairs to get a cup of tea because I couldn't watch anymore, and um. <laughs> just on the radio that one of the disc jockeys was just going like it's three nil after 10 minutes and then like i just i think i was down for like another 10 minutes and then obviously the the second that not the second and third the fourth and the fifth goals went in (laughs) and they were going like ah jesus it's five nil um so i mean just ridiculousness and uh a couple players who got scapegoated like uh pape sar again wasn't really Pape Sar's fault, was it? Yeah, but that felt uh, really bad for him. Again, kind of thrown into a situation where, you know, he came on late against Southampton, technically gave away the penalty, whether it should have been a penalty or not, you know. Mm. I don't really know. He's been really kind of thrown into these big situations this season. You know, he started the Arsenal game as well when that seemed like a strange call at the time. It looks even strange looking back now. Mm. Um, poor guy must be just kind of thinking, what the hell is going on? What why, am I, why, why, why am I getting blamed for it? Yeah, well, he, he won't be alone there. You know, there's plenty of people who must be looking around and thinking like, how is all this shit just everywhere? It's, but it's hit the fan, so it's uh, it's going down. Um, But at least, you know, draw in the second half. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they do say, you know, St. James's Park is like a naturally tilted pitch, so... Yes, you know, yeah. is that the reason the five goals weren't in? You know, it's impossible to say, but I think the answer is yes. To be honest, <laughs> we can only manage the one, though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a big bloke okay. in the, in net for the second half, though. I suppose we did, we did. Yeah, I did think. Do you not? Did you think that was interesting that the Reese comes off with an injury? Because like, I didn't, like, like I said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually watch the match, but mm. I think my yeah. dude, I'm a coward. I think my first thought as a player would be, I need to get off this pitch ASAP. <laughs> well, when when Spurs have these sort of losses, they're, they're not that often. But I think I, I sort you, I think you know that when um, sometimes they just have these losses where goals just keep going in and in and in and in and in, and like yeah. when 
that happens. Larice doesn't ever seem to be able to like make himself big enough almost to just stop one shot from going in. It's like one goes in, then two goes in. It seems like all he, sort of he loves a good stand and watch as the screamer goes in. Yeah, um, yeah he does. Which, you know, sometimes sometimes they're just screamers and you can't stop them, but sometimes you do wonder. Could he at least try? If he tries, does it make a bit of a difference? Could we at least see that? Is that just him getting older? Yeah, but maybe he did have a muscle problem, and like we'll see if he plays tomorrow against United. But for sure, like um, like it's it, it wouldn't have been good to have a restricted goalkeeper, um, in net while you know the defenders had no idea how to like track people, <laughs> just running <laughs> normal lines into their defense and all that. So. At least Fraser came on and like made a couple of saves and did his whole like I'm a big man sort of thing, even though he'd like <laughs> collapse under a few crosses in sort of embarrassing fashion. But um, yeah, the, the Larice stuff is just like just add even more drama onto just a, a, onto a fire already just by taking him off at half time. But yeah, maybe he's injured and like we'll we'll see how much he actually plays until the end of the season but it's a weird one like i just don't think many other teams would just take their captain off like that at half time unless you know something's quite stinky but yeah if he's slowly just lashed out he's like and with my last act hugo you're pissing me off get out i don't know like i don't know this stuff seems it's like how can you how can you make sense of any of it at the moment it's it's ridiculous um, yeah, and it was yeah, a ridiculous team and like a ridiculous performance. Yeah, it was so, cl- quite clear that this was clearly an interim manager who had very, very little prior head coaching experience. Who was clearly Antonio Conte's loyal, trusted number two. Um, I did wonder, you know, like how how much do you think that he's talked to Conte since he got sacked? Do you think he just kind of let him get to it? Do you think? That's part of it. Do you like? Because I think yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a there's kind of almost like not a power kind of thing, but you know, soon you can't really exactly go into the press and be like, yeah, everything was crap before. Now I'm here. I'm going to make mm. things better. Because you know, he had that first press conference after he got the interim job, and he kind of made the point. He seemed like a really nice guy. He talks about kind of working with refugees and stuff like that. And it seemed like, oh, at least the new guy in charge is a nice guy. And it turns out that kind of that sentiment faded quite quickly when you can't get any sort of results. Yeah, yeah. Um it's 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 rough. He's, he he just ended up being a bit of a stony face step in towards the end, didn't he? Like um couldn't really get too much uh, emotion and like even when he was on the sidelines it wasn't him who was being the most energetic. That was still Money Mace, you know, Ryan Mason just yeah. behind him looking all frantic. Um so yeah, it was it was just a really odd fit towards the end. There was there was no sort of inspiration on the touchline, and um, you know, in in the last game to make this formation change, having like so stubbornly stuck with the same sort of attackers in that front three, um, even towards the end of like Conte days, but then in in like Stellini's first four games in charge, like just playing yeah. Son Kulusevski Kane just relentlessly, even when. You know, a little change here and there might have might have just freshened the team up. Seemed like I'd still like have watched about twenty minutes of Dan Juma play because I think that's as I think that's all he's got so far <laughs> this season. But like, it looks like he's quite enterprising and like deserves more than a chances. Yeah, I think he, also, got, he, looks so... like a, he looks like a player who's, who's deserved more chances than he's actually got. That's yeah. kind of the bottom line of this, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I definitely worry like over the last month or so about 
you know, even like a player like Richarlison, who's signed in the summer, just like still not getting chances in this past month or so when the first interim interim manager was about, you know, um, you know what they're going to be thinking. <laughs> he just hasn't had a chance or seen because he's injured anyway. But um, we'll see. Like the United game could be quite interesting. They might try and press and like play four at the back and do all yeah. this weird sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it's. I'd say it's for the best that Stellini's gone. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, touching the United game. We'll get to that in a minute because I do actually have some interesting kind of tactical wrinkles to talk about. Um, so let's get to the um, Daniel Levy statement, or as Spurs official put it, a club update from Daniel. Mm. And was then rounded off with Coy's Daniel. And it was a little bit, you know, read the room a little bit, maybe. I am your Again? mate, Daniel. <laughs> I'm not your mate, buddy. Yeah. Very yeah, that kind of vibe. Very strange. Um but it was a it was a strange Monday, wasn't it? Like uh or was that Tuesday? Which one was that? Was that... It was Monday. Monday. Because it was my day off. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought something weird might happen like late on the on the Monday. And um I don't know, I just don't know how genuine this sort of stuff is, you know. Just hear it when, enough, like no, yeah. like you you look think back to the the statement he gave after the 2020-21 season, and he talked about kind of bringing in the manager with Spurs DNA, and they'd lost sight of their values. And so, what does he do? He appoints Paratici, and Paratici goes after all these kind of negative coaches. And it's just like, okay, what is going on? So, yeah, don't really, don't really know how much to trust him in that sense. Yeah, proof's in the pudding, unfortunately. And um, you know, we've had about four or five years of just continuous um poor decisions really that you know i think at, at some points you know there have been good decisions where they were sort of backed into a into a wall and only had one way out if you know what i mean so like appointing conte was maybe like the one way out of that season last year in terms of getting yeah, a I, decent response just, from it yeah um, just to quickly touch on this because i was talking to our colleague scott saunders yesterday and he kind of made a point that that was a bad move. And I just kind of think last season was really good, really fun. And there were genuine reasons to be positive going to this season. We were third up until near the World Cup. Mm-hmm. It seemed as if top four was almost kind of a lock. It's only really when Conte's future was clearly not here that things went off a cliff. So I think there, was, there is a universe where this season salvaged or Conte's reign goes a little bit better. And I think back to the appointment of Conte and think, who else was even in the running at the time? Um, I mean, people were going back to the names that were mentioned in the summer, weren't they? I think um, on second and stuff. Yeah, for for Cheska and but I think I think Conte was in pretty quickly from what I remember. Um, yeah, he came in like a day after because it was the whole thing, wasn't it? Osakako, though Tottenham Man United, the loser takes Conte. It felt like it had been <laughs> brewing for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it had been, and then he popped in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I totally I totally agree in that like. Spurs, they they got out of the that twenty one twenty two season with like as good a result as they could have had, but you know obviously when a season ends in such chaotic and frantic fashion like this, you have to worry about direction going forward, whether the right people are in charge, and um, I I think fan sentiment has turned quite a lot really. If you look at any Twitter post from. <laughs> On Tottenham, um, <laughs> there are a couple of pictures that get popped up uh, in response. So they've they've got a lot of work to do this 
this summer because I I don't really envisage yeah. I don't know if you envisage a sale I don't envisage a sale at any point I don't, really I don't in either. the near future. No. Um, so you know, people are ba- bad time to sell. Sell while yeah. the value's down. <laughs> it's bad, yeah. bad on their part. They got to find some value again in the club. Yeah, exactly. So you know, they've done off pitch stuff well, I suppose. Um, but there's there's a big big need for some clear thinking going forward because Spurs yeah. are just drifting and they've you know, they've been doing it for years now. I I, I think we've been mm-hmm. writing articles on Spurs drifting for two years <laughs> at least. Just it's the same old stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because they've had they've had like a, a a couple of fantastic players, obviously, over the years, but just not just got the cracks. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Kane's got like twenty four exactly goals this season. You know, that's just yeah. something ridiculous <laughs> in itself that he's just still bagging in goals and like would. Yeah, and a... people kind of overlook it as well. Like, yeah. he I don't think he gets enough kind of credit for dragging us through this season. Yeah, because we'd be like in a in, in Chelsea depths, I reckon. If uh, if he wasn't if yeah he wasn't banging them in, um, but yeah, I definitely just gone off piece there. Topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how you really feel, Jude. Yeah. Um. um but I, just you touched on the point there. We've been doing the same stuff for a couple of years. I literally looked up an article I wrote after the North London derby last season, the away one when we lost three one under Nuno. You know when we played the zero midfielders formation. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was, and it was and. It, the whole thing literally was that performance is a result of no one at the club having any clear plan. And it's actually quite startling that that is the exact same thing a couple of years on. Um, like no lessons have really been learned. Um, you do wonder what, you know, the next manager appointment. I keep, it's such an annoying thing. We keep saying, oh, the next one has to be right. But it's like, if it's not right, they're still going to stay. The yeah. annoying thing about this is always that unless the club is sold, the board are not removing themselves. It's just going to be kind of protest after protest after protest. And even if the club were sold, I guarantee that Levy would stay on in some capacity because he's a good businessman. Mm. Yeah. Uh, stuff from away the pitch there. I just don't... Yeah, it's it's going to be an ugly few years, I think. Um, even if they get Nagelsmann in during like the well, summer this is, or whatever. I, they, I, they, I, like, I, I do I watch out. I don't understand go, go this, by the way. <laughs> like that, I can watch my team get battered like six-one, and then the next day somebody's like, "Oh, you know what? Uh, let me reach out to those guys again. <laughs> I want to see if I can take over." You know, <laughs> I was firmly expecting the Brendan Rogers push, like, but no, <laughs> we haven't reached that peak yet. But we will. We will. Yeah, um, sure I, we did, will. I did. I did want to point out of that. So the annoying bit of optimism is. I can't remember if I've talked about it on this pod before or another pod or whatever. You remember how much of a mess Man United were last season? Mm. And, you know, Ranjik's there. He's giving these press conferences every week and every week he's just kind of slacking the club off in every different way. He kind of said, by the end, you know, the club needs open heart surgery. It needs like 10 new signings. But he also kind of had this kind of sentiment was like, if you just make a couple of good right decisions in the right direction then there's no reason you can't just kind of flip that kind of sentiment immediately. And United, I think, you know, the season's not done yet. They still win FA Cup final. You know, they might might get battered, they might win it, but they could end the year with two cups. They seem like they're going to be a lot for top four. That's largely come from Eric Tanha coming in. There's a clear direction. Okay, obviously they've spent a lot in the transfer market. Um, 
but I imagine Spurs, not to that amount, but will invest in the playing squad this summer to try make a more conscious effort. I think there's, there's quite a few players with um, a year left on their deals. You mainly just try and flip them for mm. reduced fees. But, I mean, just think like if if Manager Point is right, there's at least a base to be okay to get things in the right direction. It might take a couple of years for it to really get going, but well, yeah, I don't think thing. it's the end. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The world, as much as we seem it is now. I don't think teams are ever really that far away. And obviously things get blown up into... Uh, into well, I mean, Spurs losing 6-1 at Newcastle isn't out of proportion because that that's a disgrace. That was, <laughs> that was obviously going to be a massive, massive story, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But like there, there's, there, I still think there's quality like in most positions for Spurs, even if it's if it's mm. like young players who might make mistakes coming through like early on, they could still play like good roles in a team that presses really high up the pitch and like is on the front foot, um, looking to create chances. You know, like uh, if if someone like Jed Spence gets a look in next next season, you know that's that seems like immediate attacking quality anyway on the right, which we haven't really had um so far this season like Porro's had little moments and chunks. And then like by even in midfield, if like Ben Tanker comes back and isn't completely rubbish after his ACL, because that's always a massive question yeah, mark, unfortunately. Um and then someone like Basuma who's just had injury after injury but could 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 do that role in a team um just hoovering up possession and keeping things moving forward like he did at Brighton. There's I yeah. still think there's a there is a world where next season is like almost akin to Man United for sure. In that, like, I, there might have been like a brief moment in February or March where people go, "Oh, could Man United go for the title?" It was never realistic. That was never going to happen, mm. um, even if it was like five or six points. But like, it's it's clear. And even if they have lost like seven nil to Liverpool, and I think they've had another heavy one, but it's just so easy to see that they've made the the right signings in the right positions. All right, Spurs can't go out and buy Casemiro or Varane, but like they can go and sign players who address the the issues that they have and be smart about it. Um, and it just and the, the way they're like third in the Premier League, probably going to sew that up. It shows you're not that far away, and it just needs a little bit of well, yeah. Right now, if we if if big if we win tomorrow, like lots, then... Tottenham's yeah. last four games, like. Uh, well, maybe five, but they've drawn in ridiculous <laughs> fashion, and and obviously like lost to Newcastle, and but they're not There's that far away goals. off. Yeah, a lot of yeah. late goals, but they're not that far away off. And now, even though they're just 
completely useless. So if, if they had been somewhat competent just approaching this final stretch, they'd probably still be in it with like a, a handful of games to go rather than just out of it and then sort of in no man's land like they are now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's all it is all about that sort of that base that it's it's odd to sort of envisage before we even hit like July or August in terms of like you never want to say it, but like if Kane goes, does that mean that like Richie's just the main man up front from now on? And like we really go mm. into just playing hectic football and just trying to scare people with like pressing and instead of, you know, the more the more build up play that we've gone for recently. Um but yeah, I mean <laughs> the lay of the land is going to be fun for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think you're fun. definitely right. There's I think it was Ruben Pinder on the TFO Football Podcast this week, one of the athletic ones, where he was talking about being tricked a little into thinking a lot of the players kind of like on the, not like necessarily the core players, and I'll get to the core players in a minute because I really want to talk about the core players, but a lot of the players that do have obvious talent and quality and potential to grow, we're kind of bracketing them in the, in the kind of they're finished, they're done kind of category when it's a little bit foolish to do that. But I do want to talk about Levy mentioned he spoke to the player committee um, to kind of gauge the feeling of the squad. And it's been reported that the, this was a four-player committee, which included Hugo Lloris, Eric Dyer, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, and Harry Kane. So they've got a player who is probably Spurs' best ever, but it's probably leaving in the summer. And three players who just aren't good enough to be core players in that kind of group. I get that they bring kind of intangibles to the dressing room, but they haven't worked that much wonder for us in recent times. And mm-hmm. um, there's talk about, you know, Dyer getting a contract extension. I think now is kind of the perfect time to move him on. Maybe you keep him for one more year as a backup. Maybe let him go for free. Maybe just for kind of sake of continuity, and you bring in someone just to kind of start more games. Mm-hmm. Um, Hoiberg, I've, I've defended for a long time, but I think it's clear we need something else instead of him in midfield whether that's kind of we play Skip and Samoa like they did at San Siro and we're really good at San Siro um, and hope when Basuma comes back he can kind of assume the role that he was meant to play because they, they didn't look good together. They didn't. They really didn't look good together. It was just kind of too much of the same thing going on. Um, yeah. But Sounds yeah. how you really feel about that uh, player committee. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's funny. Is like everyone... Yeah, just in yeah. that like these, these are also players who were they they've been big members of the squad for like the past two three years and if you go through failure mm. the first time having been led through failure that first time it's sort of like well mm. why why these it seems like these figures are just here because they're either maybe shouty in the dressing room or on the pitch which I think Hoybier is um, unfortunately like not in the right areas pointy it's shouty like, man pointy sh- <laughs> he's always got his hands up in the air like that yeah. it's just like man come on please. Just flailing about, and it's even worse with with a game like with Newcastle because like I think he started before and like you, that Man United game you you mentioned again. I, like I think he he pulled out some pretty you know it was sort of akin to me jogging on a Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> what your current state? Yeah, especially in my current state, it was pretty pretty light and breezy, and you know not too much work rate going in. But like in that in the first twenty minutes of the Newcastle game, he was he was pretty civ like. So it's it seems odd for you know, a, a general in midfield to be part of that player committee when it's that they're, they're very, they're very up and down 
and somebody like Hoybier is only really ever going to get like big uh, sort of praise when they're doing like dog work in a in a Conte or a Mourinho team, and I don't mm. think that's really the the direction Spurs need to take again this summer. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the problem. There's there's absolutely no creativity in the middle for Spurs. That's been a major issue for like two or three years now, and it's getting yeah. to the point where I'm like. I'm hoping Ryan Mason maybe does something weird and sticks Kulu in a ten, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Just because, like, just to get him more involved and be like, oh, maybe yeah. you can actually drop and you know, that's that's just silly stuff. But we're at that point where it's just like, yeah, yeah exactly. oh, just throw all the formations out there, you know? Why not? Yeah, I think as a nice segue, actually, I do think that I agree. I think Mason is going to do something which is kind of completely not in keeping with the old regime, whether that's. I th- I think that it's going to be he'll switch he'll keep the four at the back but he'll use like Tanganga at right back and Ben Davis comes back in having made his return to the bench at the weekend he'll come yeah. in at left back and it's like a natural back four and it's kind of a flat back four and you do your defensive jobs let everyone else worry about it maybe it's the same midfield three maybe Hoiberg comes out maybe you're, you're right maybe it's Skip and So and Kuzevsky goes to the ten and one of Dan Juma or Richardson comes in but I think Mason will realise that there needs to be some sort of change. There needs to be some kind of thing where it's like, okay, whatever we were doing before was not working. We need to move on and find some just kind of fresh idea. But he needs to find that defensive base as well because someone did make a point yesterday that one of the reasons they thought uh, he was quite good in his first caretaker role was that he just kind of lent on the flat back four defensive structure that Mourinho built and just kind of basically said, we should play Bale a bit more. And that kind of worked. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we do have the potential to do that because we do have players like Richarlison and Dan Juma who are waiting, who are, who, you know, to their credit, in, especially that Bournemouth game that I went to, they were showing so much fight. They really, really, really cared. I think, and I think that is the thing, like, I know it looks sometimes like the players don't care. I think that it is now a matter of some of them just aren't good enough. Some of them, the kind of, the coaching is just, is clearly not been a lot of it over the last few years. There's not been an endeavour to make people better. Mm. So you kind of get lost in that. You know, you're asking you know, Pulisic, uh, not Pulisic, Perisic is what, 35, 36, 34? Mm. Around that. He's never he's probably never played left back in the back four in his life. And he's been asked to do that in a really big game at a, a really intimidating stadium, a big atmosphere. And he just has no idea. Poro the same. Poro doesn't really play right back. There's no surprise that there's loads of spaces behind him, and then obviously you've got guys like Romero, who I'm a little bit disappointed in because you know that you can be better, and I do not doubt that whoever the new manager is, he is going to be a key part of that defense, and he'll probably be quite good. Yeah. Um, but he's in this kind of Jan Vertonghen 13-14 era, isn't he? Where he just kind of is sulking a bit, he doesn't really care, he's not, yeah, he's just strutting about. But I, he's made kind of a lot of remarks on social media, particularly, you know, he had that report about the kind of, he has kind of lost it with Conte. I think he does genuinely care about Spursness. You know, it's weird. I think we put that a little bit down to maybe a post-World Cup hangover, but... Yeah. yeah. He needs he needs yeah. a rocket up his ass most of the time. He, does, though, he does, yeah. And yeah. I don't think that's that's been happening because you can see it just because of how, like, lax and Lucy has been in those, in those last two games. Like... I think he's a great player, but he has been shocking in these in the in those. Yeah, like, did, did you watch the did you watch the Bournemouth game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you remember the bit? It was like 85th minute, and we were still obviously going for a goal, 
and he's trying to play out of the corner. Yeah. And he's just he's just taking the piss a little bit and he's just like, come on, man, take this seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not good when that's 2-2 at Bournemouth who look like yeah. they're going to avoid relegation now, but mm. they're in that mix. Not they did get better by West Ham at home, so, you know, what does that say about yeah. Spurs? Oh, it's all over the place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do think like there, there are players who probably haven't been used as much this season, and like in such a bloody dodgy and long season with the with the World Cup, I think now's a good time to just let them go out, just add some new energy to the team. Maybe it gives everyone a bit of a lift. It's optimistic thinking, but we'll see. Like something, something has to change a little bit. Well, I think, I, th- I think there is a really kind of. It's almost like a doomsday scenario tomorrow. So, say Arsenal win tonight. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Say Arsenal win tonight, mm. and all of a sudden it looks like they're going to win the league again. Say Pochettino gets unveiled as the Chelsea manager before kickoff on Thursday. Say Spurs go a goal down as early as they do against Newcastle. Say it kind of snowballs again. We're really looking at a proper mutiny. We've had quite a few in the last few weeks, but this would be kind of. An unprecedented level, I think. Seats getting taken off of the hinges and thrown down towards. I mean, yeah. If Eric dies, if he if he climbs up into the terraces again, then you know, uh, I, I I don't really know what else to say apart from that history will be repeating itself as it has been at Spurs for many years now. Oh, we're doing this again, are we? Yeah, we're really going to go down this route again. Um. Yeah, that's that's nightmarish. I didn't like hearing that sequence of events, and I'd rather it didn't happen in real life. Um, it's unfortunately but, in play, but unfortunately, yeah, this is the thing. We have to stop crying and realize that <laughs> money talks, and maybe inefficiency doesn't. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we chose this life at the start of uh, our lives in supporting Spurs. We might have to just ride it out. Um, Perfect. He says, holding back the tears. But, um, <laughs> I, I hope it's not mutinous because you're going. So I don't want you getting hurt or, or kicked or anything. I don't want anybody charging onto the field and stealing a corner flag like that fella did at West Ham. Um, <laughs> if I see pictures of you doing that, I'm going to be very concerned because I'm going to be thinking, Sean's supposed to be an unbiased reporter here, but he's got a corner flag for some reason. Um you know, I can't. Yeah. I can't say. I can't say what I will or won't do tomorrow. So <laughs> that was Norwich FA Cup, right? When Dyer went into. The oh, yeah, I was there for that one as well, actually. Real, yeah. Football is just <laughs> circles, man. I'm a good omen for this. Yeah, this, this is all it is. It just it's the same stuff happening. I mean, Spurs is a bit different because it seems to happen in a three year cycle, but um, yeah, football just ends up repeating itself in the end, I suppose. Yeah, and. <laughs> It's just been a miserable few days in the kind of Spurs for you know. Mm. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk at length about Pochettino because I just don't want to talk at length about it. Um, yeah, Daddy moved it on. Is what it is. It is. I can't. I know. I can't even blame him because it's not as if Spurs don't have a vacancy. It's not as if they don't have a chance to at least talk to him or consider him. You know, there's this list of candidates for him to not even really be on there. You know. He's got to move on as well. He's got he's got some jobs to do. And this is a really good opportunity for him. And I think he's going to do really well there because they have a squad suited to his needs and they'll probably be playing one game a week next season and they're going to have a lot of time to get up to fitness. Yeah. So it's look not, forward to that. Yeah. It's not a clean break, but it is a break. And I think mm. um 
I, I think everyone loves Pochettino for his first spell in charge, but I think it'd be nice now for us not to hear, oh, I won't be happy until Pochettino's back. Yeah, it, you know, is this the, yeah, is this the thing? It, it, like our friend Dan Kilpatrick of the Union Standard wrote a column just about Spurs fans are getting closure, but it's in a really kind of grim and morbid way. But you're oh, right, yeah, least... it's more of a grief thing for sure. <laughs> until, like... until he gets sacked, and then we <laughs> go back to our bullshit of hiring ex Chelsea managers. <laughs> We've been down that road before. It doesn't work. God's sake. <laughs> AVB, Mourinho, Conte, now Poch, bottled it at Chelsea. Oh man, I'm just going to okay. turn into such a bottle, bottle fiend <laughs> over these next. It's going to it's, it's going to be the only way I can get through. I I, think. I can't believe Poch team had Peak Walker, Rose, Fatonga, Alderweireld, Kane, Eriksen, Daly, Son, Dembele, Wanyama, Lloris, and didn't win anything, dude. You know what? Crap <laughs> All at the peak of their powers when he took over. I know, I can't believe it. He, they were just presented to him. And, what you know. Yeah. We do fuck all. No Kabuls, no Kurakeshes, nothing nope. like that. Never. Nope. No. But I, I genuinely think, like, in my twisted mind, I, I go, this man is happy to go from PSG to Chelsea. He's, he's already seen the inner workings of a super club like PSG, <laughs> and he's happy to yeah. go to something that's pretty chaotic in Chelsea. Um that gives me closure, to be honest. I think I think he's it does feel a bit like he's trying to prove that he has the kind of cojones to take the Real Madrid job one day. That he's like like PSG was a bit par for the course. I don't know how much you can blame the Champions League claps on because they were better for like 170 or 180 minutes or whatever it was. Mm. Um but I think he's trying to prove that he can he can be that guy. He he stays in those circles. You know if he goes back to Tottenham and gets sacked after two, three years he's not going to be in Real consideration again. It's probably easier to bounce back if you go to Chelsea, especially considering what Todd Bowley's like. It's easier yeah. to kind of fall upwards from there again. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, we'll see. It'll be, it'll definitely be odd. Like, uh, saw some AI generated images of, uh, <laughs> of Poch in a Chelsea tracksuit and suit along with Harry Kane lifting the Brem title. So, um, don't need to see that. This is one thing I don't really like because now there's loads of grief uh, posting on Twitter just being like, yeah, oh, we might, we might have to block. even happened yet. <laughs> we, we blocked a trunk. Yeah. Cancel him. It's time Ener- to cancel enemy him. Enemy of the pod. Yeah. Time for a Ener- girl. Noted him. enemy of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bad bastard. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just quickly, just because we're running out of time on a Zoom call, I don't really want to start another one. Uh, we're going to fire <laughs> some names at you. For a manager, you just tell me your immediate thoughts. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Let's start with the big one. Nagelsmann. Oh, hipster. On yeah. a slot. <laughs> Old. <laughs> uh, factual, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just in and out, not wasting any time. Yeah, very bored. Very bored. Uh, no, Feyenoord are about to win the. Yeah. Era Divisi, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my football knowledge. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, clear. Brendan Rodgers. Oh, let's avoid that. Let's not do that. Let's let's not even say that. No, thank you. And it, he he said that he'd probably have kept them up this season. I think, and they look <laughs> pretty like they're pretty. Dead talk about bad states. Yeah, Leicester's not great either. <laughs> yeah. uh, Graham Potter. Uh, I think he needs some time to cool off. Really, I don't think I don't think walking into a Spurs job it, right now would. This isn't the ideal situation. Huh? No, I don't think so. I think he needs a, another little mid prem, yeah. mid prem uh, side yeah. like Brighton just to build up again. Yeah. Uh, Luis Enrique. Luis Enrique. 
Um, uh, <laughs> pragmatic. We love that, don't we? <laughs> a little bit of pragmatism. Um, mm. I don't think it would be very stylish if we got him. Um, Seventy percent of the ball and doing nothing with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lack of potency has been a problem yeah. when I'm when we've watched Spain, hasn't it? So yeah. yeah. Tricky. Okay. Okay, I'm done. What? Well, who who would you like out of that? <laughs> Probably Nagelsmann, but even then, yeah. there's there's things that kind of jump off the screen and don't pretty. But I think it's probably the best that, that we could get right now. Mm. It'd be like the star appointment and a nod to a rebuild, and yeah, I think that might tick all the boxes, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's wrap up. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, please subscribe and leave a rating if you have not yet done so. It really helps us a lot, and we will see you next time. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. You play Thursday cause you're... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.